0: Maybe I'm crazy, but we don't even know Mac Jones' real name.
1: Maybe I'm crazy, Maybe, I'm crazy, maybe I'm
0: Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. We're joined this week by Bucky Brooks, a very busy man this time of year with all the draft talk and lead up to the big day next week. So we'll talk all the biggest stories, and of course, the quarterbacks with Bucky. Big verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. He was found guilty in all three charges. Thank God. So we all discussed that throughout the podcast today. Uh, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Mike Jones. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about Mac Jones' real name. Um, where are they going to go in the draft? What that means? And uh, some other stories from around the NBA. But first, let's start with Bucky Brooks. All right, very excited to have uh, my coworker, <laughs> at Prime Video, Thursday Night Football, uh, and friend Bucky Brooks back on Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. The draft is approaching, so on a scale of one to like Christmas Santa, how busy are you?
2: Oh, I'm kind of I'm I'm busy right now. I'm I'm up under it, like not only because of the draft stuff, but my high school football season is also going at the same time. And so, Joy, normally when high school football is busy, I'm kind of light when it comes to TV. But right now I am in the middle of all of it. And so it's been, it's been, it's been a challenge. challenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, We are obviously talking about the draft, uh, probably 75% of the show uh, on the herd at this point. Um, It's coming up next week. And this draft feels, it feels unique to me, probably because of the amount of quarterbacks that we're discussing and maybe all going In certainly three are going to go one, two, three, but we might have five quarterbacks taken in, in the top 10. Now, obviously a lot can happen draft day and someone could slip or whatnot, but all of these prospects outside of Trevor Lawrence seem to, everyone has like a different opinion about what they're capable of and where they should go. So I guess let's start with the one that I'm most confused about, which is Mac Jones, who is anywhere from a second round pick to Tom Brady which uh, personally I feel like it should be illegal it should be illegal you should be under the jail if you compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady anyone to Tom Brady it's not only disrespectful to Tom Brady but I feel like it's wildly unfair to any prospect to be compared to Tom Brady no
2: yeah I think it is wildly unfair and I think the Tom Brady thing is unique Mm -hmm. because here's what I will say about Tom Brady and why he is the GOAT, Tom Brady's evolution from the time that he stepped into the league. He went from being a guy who had to kind of scratch and claw his way into the league as a six-round pick. He steps in for Drew Blesso. They go on a magic carpet ride and win a Super Bowl, and he makes plays down the stretch that enabled them to do it. He then continues to kind of manage the team until he just kind of develops into this superhero where he's like Captain America and does everything, you know, and takes over the Patriots. But doing that run where he goes from being a game manager to a playmaker, He puts up all these numbers, but the Patriots weren't winning Super Bowls when he was putting up, like, the numbers at his peak. And then for them to come back around and he to for him to lead them to, like, three more Super Bowls, and then he goes to Tampa and wins one because of his mind and all that other stuff, like, that is something that's uncommon. And so to put all of that on a a prospect like Mac Jones, who's only played 17 college games as a starter, to be able to say that he is Tom Brady, I think that is a lot to assume that that's what he's going to be. And I, I get it. Look, he he's smart. He ran the machine that is Alabama. They whooped people, and he played really, really well. But I just think it's crazy that if we go back and really listen to the conversations, at no point during the fall were we talking about Mac Jones being a first-round pick. But yet here we are saying that he's a top five pick and a top three player and all this other stuff and I'm like whoa hold hold on pump your brakes he's a good player but I don't want really good in the top five I want great and I don't think I don't see anything that makes him special and when we're talking about that part of it I want special and I just don't see a special player
0: yeah I mean I agree that's what I don't understand because Trey Lance and Mac Jones have played the same amount of games now, obviously, Trey Lance went to South Dakota State and didn't play last year. So Alabama is obviously a major factor in Mac Jones being in the conversations he's in. But during the season, nobody was talking about Mac Jones going at the top, in the top 10 in the draft. He wasn't even being talked about as a first-round pick. So what happened between the end of the season and now that Mac Jones has not only gone from being a later-round pick to jumping Justin Fields, who throughout the season was being like, there was conversations about if Justin Fields is maybe a better prospect prospect than, than Trevor Lawrence at some points in the season. So how did that happen?
2: Um, I will say this, and this is always the danger uh, when it comes to it. The draft is so far removed from the college football season that guys begin to, evaluators begin to talk themselves into these decisions. And so it's, it's almost paralysis by analysis, that we tend to pick one or two prospects that we overstudy, that we grill, that we poke all the holes in and nitpick, and then other guys kind of skate through in the back door. The other thing that has happened when it comes to this industry, because I'll say the media part of scouting, is some of us are so fascinated that we want to be right on draft day. So we try and connect the dots based on what we think to what another team thinks or what have you. So there's been a lot of conversation about Kyle Shanahan because Mac Jones has been linked to the 49. So right. Kyle Shanahan, yeah, but he won with Kirk Cousins. He won with Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub. Like, that's his type. Like, that's his type. That's what he likes. That's what he he, he wants to go for. But, and I'll say, okay, I, I can see that. Like, he's done that because, look, we did a game where he had Nick Mullins and CJ Bethard and those things. Right. But maybe because he has those guys, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to shop at that aisle. I want to go shop at the other aisle. And I think of the Mac Jones thing a couple of different ways. If he takes Mac Jones and Mac Jones comes into the NFC West, the 49ers will have Mac Jones versus Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Kyler Murray. When at any point is Mac Jones going to rank at the top of that division? Better yet, when will Mac Jones ever be out of the cellar of that division when it comes to the quarterbacks? I, I, I just can't imagine him being a better player or better quarterback than any of those guys that we mentioned based on what those guys have from a talent standpoint compared to what he brings at the table without being disrespectful.
0: Right, and I don't, I I feel like a big part of it is the media saturation too. We have so much coverage of the draft and the NFL and we have content we have to put out every day and there's no new information. So sometimes we just- think of things that might be new information. And then all of a sudden it becomes reality, like with Justin Fields. I don't know if any of these guys are going to work. Trevor Lawrence, I, I think will work because I think Urban Meyer is going to work there. And I think he's great, but it's still Jacksonville. Jacksonville has had moments throughout their history where they've had you know some, some sparks of light, but it's mm-hmm. never been consistent. So how great is Trevor Lawrence going to have to be to really establish Jacksonville as a perennial contender, which is what the expectations of him are.
2: I think I think the reason why the optimism kind of springs eternal in Jacksonville is not only because of Trevor Lawrence, but because of Urban Meyer. Yeah. And even though Urban Meyer is making the jump from college to the pro game, his track record of success leads to believe that he'll figure it out. He figured it out at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, more times than not, you believe that someone who kind of knows how to do those things successfully, he'll continue to be successful wherever he's at. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is what I would call maybe the right kind of guy that you want as a franchise quarterback. People have talked about the generational talent and those things. And I think, look, I think he's a wonderful talent and all that. But I think the best stuff about Trevor Lawrence, his leadership ability, his intelligence, his confidence, and the fact that he just gets it. And I know a lot of people were critical of him about the comments that came out in Sports Illustrated where he alluded to, like, look, football doesn't define me. Like, I I have other interests in those things. I actually think that is great because I think for him, he's been a guy since 14, 15. He's been hailed as the number one quarterback in recruiting, in college, in the pros. So I don't think he is really bothered by being on the stage. And I think he has found a way to have enough balance where it won't overwhelm him. I think for some of these kids, I think it can be overwhelming because let's think about it. This is kind of like the first time that Zach Wilson has kind of been elevated and put on that major stage. How is he going to handle that in New York where everything is going to be critiqued or whatever? Uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a one-year starter, one-and-a-half year starter at Alabama. He has been elevated. How does he handle that big stage? I think you can make the same thing for Trey Lance who is mature and all those other things, but He's coming from North Dakota state, which is like a a smaller school, small environment, smaller market. He goes somewhere bigger, a lot of expectations. How do how does he handle it? And that's one of those things that we can't predict. I think for Trevor, though, I think the confidence lies in the fact that he's been on the big stage and he's lived up to all the hype that has kind of preceded his arrival.
0: Well, I don't have a problem with him saying that. I think the, the way I look at Trevor is like, why would he have a chip on his shoulder? Who's ever doubted him? Um, his his third grade coach like what's he's always been great and he's worked for it and he's gotten better but like there's not been something that's happened to my knowledge that would put a chip on like generally a chip on the shoulder guy is like you know that's someone we describe as like an overachiever like the expectation has been here and his performance has been here since he walked into college football and now he's going to be the number one overall pick. So it's like, I don't need a chip on my shoulder. I'm great. And I work hard. So that's it. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing to overcome. He's a prodigy.
2: Yeah. So I think, I think the the thing people have a tough time with, I think the overwhelming majority of people identify with underdogs for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. Because Um, most people are not prodigies.
2: Yeah. So, so I think because most people identify with underdogs, when you have someone who's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to chip on the shoulder. Like I, I, I believe that I'm great. I'm continue to be great because this is what I am, and so uh, I think that that makes people kind of pause. Like, whoa, how can you exist in this world without being mad or angry or right. what about the haters and all that other stuff? And I think Trevor really said, "He's look, I'm intrinsically motivated. I don't need outside influence to." spark me to make me go lift weights or maybe go throw the rock or whatever. Like, I want to be great just because that's who I am. I think it was telling, I don't know how many people knew this, but he wears 16 because he emulated Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning was at Tennessee. That was his hero. And so typically we don't emulate those who don't have things that we admire or that we have in ourselves. And so if we know Peyton Manning and how Peyton prepared and how he was wired, Trevor certainly has to have some of that in there because he yeah. feels so strongly linked to Peyton that he wore his number. I think he has that in there. I just think he is a unique guy where he is able to balance it all and it doesn't really overwhelm him like it may overwhelm some other people.
0: Okay, so let's play a little mock draft here then. Uh, Trevor's going to go to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson's going to go to the Jets. Let's say, although I can't imagine this world, but let's say Mac Jones goes to – the 49ers, Justin Fields goes to. So where would Justin Fields go then?
2: You know, like, that's the thing. Like, that's kind of what. Like, scary... let's say
0: Trey Lance goes to Denver.
2: Man, if Trey Lance goes to Denver. So the landing spots, when we think about the natural s- spots for quarterback, once we get past four, if Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback at four, then the next stop where you have to consider it will be eight which would be the Carolina Panthers, because I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to make a move. I think they No, I don't wanna... think they
0: will. And I, yeah, I'm so... assuming that Atlanta is going to trade out of that spot in this, in this mock draft scenario.
2: Yeah, so, so eight would be the Carolina Panthers, even though they got uh, Sam Darnold. They still would probably consider it. The Denver Broncos at nine. After nine, I mean, you're talking about a slide. Like you're talking about the New England Patriots maybe at 15. For, but...
0: for Justin Fields?
2: Yeah, potentially. Okay, so let's
0: say say that happens, right? Atlanta trades out that spot. Trey Lance goes to Denver, and Justin Fields goes to the Patriots. So Justin Fields, Patriots, Trey Lance, Denver, Mac Jones, 49ers, Zach Wilson, Jets, and Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. In three years, who is having the best career?
2: Ooh. Mmm. That's, that, that's
0: that's the space we're giving to evaluate young quarterbacks, even though I think that, that window is getting
2: shrinking. smaller. I would say I would bet on the Patriots and Justin Fields if that was to play out because I'm always willing to bet on the coaching staff and the environment. The coaching staff, Bill Belichick and those guys have figured it out. They figured it out last year and they were terrible and still won seven games. And so you give them talent, which they've upgraded the talent in the off season, a full off season, I would say that Justin Fields will be ready. Um, I think what would be interesting about that scenario, I think Justin Fields might have played for Cam Newton 7-on-17 7 when he was coming up in Atlanta. And I know people don't like to think of it like this, but a natural mentoring relationship that could exist in the locker room if you have Cam Newton and Justin Fields. It also was signaled to me, this is Bill Belichick going all in on the athletic quarterback. Yeah. Um, he has seen Lamar Jackson hurt him. Personally, he has seen Patrick Mahomes give them problems. He's seen a wave of new athletic quarterbacks um, have a lot of success, including Josh Allen up in Buffalo. Man, if you want to double down and say, you know what, we're going to join the rest of the crew and we're going to have an athletic quarterback, you now have Cam Newton, and Justin Fields, that would give them an opportunity to do that stuff.
0: So. I think I got, I got to agree. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Jacksonville to get really into contention even with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. I mean, you gotta look at where people are going. Mac Jones to the NFC West. now Mac That's Jones typical.
2: would have yeah, but Mac Jones would have a ton of success because like we're betting on Kyle Shanahan being able to figure it out. Kyle Shanahan has made um most of the quarterbacks that he's touched play really, really well. His system really well but, or
0: win Super Bowls and go to Super Bowls. I mean
2: they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he had yeah, Bill Belichick
0: wanted Jimmy Garoppolo,
2: you know, like they had, they had those guys ready to go. I think with Shanahan, his system and the supporting cast that they have around, I think any quarterback can be successful there. The running game is going to protect you. Like he, he'll be fine. But I think, I think they will be very good with Mac Jones. I think potentially they could be great with Jay Lance or Justin Fields because they have the extra, the run game that they will bring as a, as an athletic quarterback, that would be extra. And that would add a dimension to what they already have.
0: Yeah. I think the, the 49ers and the Patriots are the safest bets for who's going to develop quickly, but this is going to be a fun draft. Kyle Pitts is the, is the best prospect outside of Trevor
2: Lawrence in this draft, right? Yeah. He's a unicorn. Uh, you don't see guys that are built like that. Like you don't see guys that are athletic. Like he is at the tight end position that have like that NBA body, but they can run routes like wide receivers. They, he makes plays over the middle of the field. He's just a really, really hard matchup. And as you think of, I just hope that he goes to a team where the offensive coordinator understands how to unlock his potential. Meaning they understand how to get the ball to the tight end. They're able to do some creative stuff. Because I would hate for him to go and he he's a tight end that has to stick his hand in the dirt. And we never really see them tap into all of his uh his talents. If he goes to a creative uh, coordinator, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem. He's a he's a tough dude to de- deal with.
0: Yeah, that would be a, that would be a terrible waste. Miami, Miami, let's do it. Thank you so much, Bucky. <laughs> you know, I've always been for that.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I look, I dig it because I actually think he would be the pick that he's somehow there at six. I think they would take him over the wide receiver because impact in the middle of the field would allow those guys on the outside. And Mike Gasecki, who's their tight end right now, is a really good player. So to have two guys that are kind of versatile and dynamic to go with what they already have and Devonta Parker. Will Fuller, those things, they need a running back, but that would be a very fun and creative offense down in South Florida.
0: Yeah, well, I'm hopeful. From your lips to God's ears, but this will be a fun draft either way. Thanks so much for joining us, Bucky. I know you got like a million calls today, so I appreciate it.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Joy.
0: Hello, Heller.
3: What's up, Joy? It's been a pretty emotional Tuesday. How you doing?
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I had my, I had my therapy, my weekly therapy in the, uh, in the middle of the announcement. So perfect time We've got to, uh, align those things. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I'm relieved, but you know, it's very conflicting feeling because I'm relieved, but like, I'm relieved that what was supposed to happen happens so it's like it's kind of an irritant to feel angry I feel a little angry that I had to be that worried um which I think a lot of people are feeling like very conflicting and then of course like it's also very sad because we're you know happy that justice is being served for someone who was murdered
3: right is it justice man
0: Well, I mean, it's justice, how we can define justice in our modern society, right? Right. Um, So, so, you know, biblically, maybe not, but, (laughs) you know, in in our society, it's justice. So my my hope is that um, as far as, you know, actual change, because I know a lot of people are like, well, like, was this actually going to change? I hope that one thing, at least one ripple effect from this is that, you know, moving forward, police will have a second thought about how far they take it with people uh, moving forward for the thought that there will be repercussions and consequences to, you know, murdering someone. Right. Um, So that's, that's the one thing that does give me a, a little bit of hope, I guess, in this situation, but I'm relieved that the right thing happens and that he will serve time. You know, it's nothing's going to bring George Floyd back. Nothing's going to undo the damage that was done because of this, but you know, the system in a sense worked for now. We'll see what the sentencing is, but they did find him guilty. And that's, that's the first step. So I'm, I'm, I'm relieved for that. I don't know if happy is the right word, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I don't know how much happiness there is in the, in the courtroom when someone's on trial for murder.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a very, it's a very strange um, conflicting space to be in. Cause it's like relief, which like can border on happiness, but it's also just right. it's a very, you know, strange grouping of emotions, but, right. um, yeah. So awkward transition. What am I winning or kidding, winning, winning or quitting today?
3: I think it hopefully it'll be a good distraction and you and T are going to get more into the yeah. Shogun trial and conviction, um, and culture report, but we'll keep it sporty for now. Um Trevor Lawrence is someone you might be aware of. He is most likely to be the first overall pick when the draft mercifully arrives next Thursday. But that's not why the former Clemson QB is in the news. Uh Lawrence, a, f- a future Jaguar, has the buzzards circling him after some comments that he made made it sound like he wasn't a million percent obsessed with football success. Uh, To me, it was a refreshingly healthy opinion that he, of course, felt he had to defend on Twitter, uh, saying, quote, I don't need football to make me feel worthy as a person. Bravo, young signal caller. Joy, greatness can still be achieved with balanced priorities with it or quit it.
0: Yeah, I'm with it. I I think that, you know, I hate being the normalized person, but I think we need to normalize healthy lifestyles Uh, i think uh, you know in sports we love cliches we love cliches Mm. so chip on the shoulder grinder uh you know all these gym rat all these terms that really don't mean too much but we all like to associate them with (laughs) with success when in reality like the most successful people have incredible balance in their life. Now, are they obsessed? Are they somewhat selfish? Sure. I'm sure that Giselle would disagree with me, but you know, (laughs) she, they do have a very strong family. Uh, it would appear that they do. They've been together a long time. They have a bunch of kids. He has a great business, um, businesses businesses outside of football, which he manages to do while also winning a ton of championships,
3: Over and Um, over, so you know,
1: it seems like he
0: has like a decent marriage, as far as I can tell. Not any of my business, but it would appear that way. Loves his kids, uh, has lots of businesses, loves the rest of his family, and crushes football. So, and he is the ultimate chip on the shoulder guy. Um,
3: 199
0: everyone knows that he is obsessed with football you know his wife said that in tom versus time we saw that he's like i just sit around like crush tape all day so wh- who are we to define what's defines someone like yes do you want to hear that someone is very dedicated of course right the one yeah. thing that i will say about what he you know him defending himself is that you know when you give when you give a little couple crumbs to people they can then roll that into a whole bakery and yeah. if you say you know I'm not defined by football or whatever which I think is a normal thing to say I don't think I'm defined by my career I think I'm defined by my character and my mm. you know impact on other people and
3: definitely yeah you
0: know, lots of other stuff but you know it, it's obviously something that I pour a lot of my energy and time into one, because it's my job and I'd like, to, it's I'd, more. I'd like to continue paying my rent, but also, <laughs> you know, I'm going to build on something. So I, I don't think that that's what it is. I think the problem is with, the, with what he's saying outside of the people who were like cliche, I want to hear the cliches is now if things start to go south in Jacksonville, we have a narrative to build on that. Oh, well, you know, maybe he's not really that dedicated. Oh, maybe, you know, he doesn't really have the passion for this or he doesn't play with urgency because he set the tone for that in what he said. So he's learning that, you know, on this level, the NFL, everything you say matters is the reason why people do quarterback speak. And that's our annoying fault as the media that we turn everything into something bigger than it is. But that's just also the reality of life. Like yeah. you, you are, you play a sport. You're the number one overall pick. You're the biggest name in this draft. People are going to pay attention to what you say and they're going to pick it apart. So give them less to pick apart. And like, is that fair? No. Is it cool? No. Is it silly that that's how we behave? Yes, but it's also reality. And I think it's better to function in reality, especially while you're still paving your way. Yeah. And then you can go and be, you know, silly on on social media like Tom is doing now, and we love it. But, you know, you do there's some level of like you got to prove yourself at the highest level. And, you know, I don't know that that's right, but that's, that's the way it is. And, you know, change it if you want to, by all means, yep. but I don't think he needs to have a chip, as far as like the chip on the shoulder thing, he doesn't need to have a chip on his shoulder. What's right. he got? What, where's the chips? Who's, who's picking on him that he needs chips? He's, he's oh, the he best. He doesn't even eat
3: chips. <laughs> in such good shape.
0: He's, he's been great. He works hard to be great. The results are he's great. He's being rewarded for being great. Yeah. Nobody says he's not great. So where would the chip even be? It would be manufactured anyway. Like, what do, you, what do you? What? What the hell are you mad about? You got you got long flowy hair. You just married a beautiful woman. You've, you're gonna go number one overall in the draft. You're gonna get Urban Meyer, <laughs> which is not normal for when you get picked number we, one overall in we the just, draft.
3: We just had him. You're welcome.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. though we let him out of his contract to do that for you. Uh, <laughs> you're you 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 won national championship. You had a great college career. Like where where would the chip even exist? There's a reason why Tom Brady has a chip on his shoulder. He went in the sixth round, number 199 overall, yep. was completely ignored, and ha- had a, had a ridiculous combine. He looks smushy, and now he's the greatest player of all time. You gotta have a chip on your shoulder, right? When, pe- when that happens, no one's ever told him no. What has Trevor Lawrence yeah. ever failed at or ever have to overcome? And I'm not saying like everybody has their problems, okay? So I'm not sitting here saying he doesn't have any problems. That's that's not realistic. But it's also unrealistic to be like, yeah, he's got a real chip on his shoulder. Like, for what? What happened? Who said he was bad? Wow. Like,
1: yeah.
0: What, where did he get cut from? Where did he have to transfer from? Nowhere. So I think it's, I think he was being authentic. But I think he's learning. There's not a whole lot of value with being authentic with the media. There just isn't. <laughs> There's just not like not at that level and not when, at that position. Like maybe at other it positions. Real goes
3: wrong. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not at other positions. If you're a receiver, if you're a defensive ends, like if you're a kicker. Like you know, there's there's some value. You can get a good brand going being authentic. Quarterbacks, we just we we love for you to be exciting. We love for you to have big personalities, but it's so we can feed. It's so we can get our teeth in the meat. Right. But it's not <laughs> it's not beneficial to you as a quarterback. Yeah, we want to feast, and we will we will certainly Bills drain. Yeah, we will certainly <laughs> drain all the juices out of your soul if you allow us. Right. And um, so I get it. I love it. I think it's a healthy uh, mentality, but, you know, I'm trying to rid the toxicity in my life. And unfortunately, (laughs) the whole business isn't on that vibe.
3: Right. Right. And, uh, you know, a a chip on your shoulder is great when the door has been slammed in your face a couple of times and you're either going to have to use that chip to knock the door down or at least take that chip off to pry the door. So you can, you know, to work the lock, like there's, there's a use for the chip, but if you don't have a chip, that's good. That just means that things have gone well and you're in a good place. So looking for something negative to fulfill some need that we have for you to prove this notion. And I think we get confused between balance and distractions. Yes. Like we all know that if we go 1 million percent into our work all the time, We're gonna burn out like that. And that's not sustainable over time. So it depends, you know, it depends on the person, how much balance you need, how much other things you need going on in your life. But if the other things that you have going on in your life, which for him I believe are his family and God, so I'm not like those don't seem like distractions to me just based on my experience with the world. And so, you know, if he was into some crazy other thing, if he was pulling some, you know, like when Tiger Woods was uh, doing military drills and messing up his body like that, that was bad, but he seems to just have his head screwed on his, his gorgeous chiseled, quaffed, long haired head screwed on. Well, so, I mean, we're going to, we're going to bust this guy's balls for that. I mean, let, let this man live.
0: He's got some kind of haircut though, man, that hair lays like usually when they like guys wear it like that, it, it kind of gets a little like stringy at the bottom
3: well you he's know? yeah but he's not he's going to a stylist right? yeah like, like he's getting not,
0: those he's getting those ends trimmed like yeah
3: you got it you can't for you can't, sure can't, can't be having split ends no the split the split ends are wide receivers <laughs> uh, all right uh, um speaking of rookie quarterbacks trey lance had his second pro day and my 49ers were there live in person uh, Lance, the former North Dakota State signal caller, is the mysterious one of the rookie prospect boy band. T-Law, as we just discussed, is the cute one. McCorkle is the nerdy one. Fields is the sporty one. Zach Wilson's the shy one. But I digress. Lance could go as early as three to the 49ers or fall to just about any team that wants to trade up and get him after that. Joy, Trey Lance is too much of a project to go top five. With it or quit it.
0: No, I'm gonna quit it. Mm-hmm. But here's why.
3: Who's mm-hmm. McCorkle, by the way? Mac uh, Jones is, is, oh. is. something McCorkle Jones.
0: Hmm. Um, I've heard that Zach Wilson is not shy. In fact, he is. He's got a little baker to him.
3: Well, he's got, he he he's just, got a
0: little attitude, a little saucy sauce to I him. I didn't.
3: Honestly, I don't. I don't have anything on him. And he. Oh, okay. Since I had already made uh, uh, T Law, the cute one like shy one was kind of the only one who was left. Plus he looks like a alabaster doll version of Sam Darnold. So I figured he was probably shy. Uh,
0: no, he's, uh, yeah, I've heard the opposite. I've heard he's, he's a little Baker. Um, Oh, so
3: he's the bad boy. Yeah. I think he is the bad boy. Everyone loves the bad boy. That's why he's going number two to the jets.
0: I think Zach Wilson is the bad boy. I think Justin Fields is going to become the, uh, overachiever because he's being overlooked. Okay. Um, that's not really a boy
3: band character yeah no i
0: gotta i gotta i gotta think these ones through a little bit more
3: sounds like he's the jc chasse or even perhaps the timberlake if t-law stumbles
0: Mm, perhaps perhaps um circling back deep uh,
1: boy band metaphors uh the
0: thing with with, the thing with trey lance is it's going to depend on where he goes however i feel the same way about mac jones Because they both have the same amount of starts. Everyone talks about Mac Jones as if he's like in the same category Mm -hmm. as Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or even um, Zach Wilson, who I don't know a whole lot about Zach Wilson, but all of those guys have more starts. Trey Lance and Mac Jones have the same amount of starts, 17.
3: Yeah, just like our, just like friend of the show, Mark Sanchez, coming in hot.
0: So... The idea that they are like not this like shouldn't be evaluated as the same kind of prospect is silly. Which is why I don't understand because nobody's talking about like how raw Mac Jones is. Why would he be any more any less raw than than Trey Lance? The Only difference is Trey Lance hasn't played recently because he didn't play last he year is, because of
3: COVID. Well, I'm I know, but that is now. Listen, he, that's
0: something. That's, that's something.
3: Definitely something.
0: But as far as like the body of work that we have to evaluate, it's the same amount of tape the same amount of tape. So uh, Matt Jones and Trey Lance, to me, as far as like prospects and what we know that they're capable of, to me, they are much more equal than Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence.
3: They're all question marks. No,
0: they are. Other than, other than Trevor Lawrence, we know Trevor, what Trevor Lawrence is capable of. The only question with me and Trevor Lawrence is, is, is how Jacksonville is going to overcome being Jacksonville. Right. And I believe that Urban Meyer will get that. I just think it's going to take longer than people think. I think it's going to take a good three years before Jacksonville is a legitimate contender.
3: That's how long things usually take.
0: Right. But we don't have patience for that. So I think that that's how long it's really going to take before they're actual Super Bowl contenders. There's going to be great expectations for them. So I don't know if they have that. But, you know, I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence is going to get get three years. But if they're not really like building towards something quickly, it's going to be a problem. As far as Trey Lance goes, I, I have a lot. I can see I can see the potential with Traylon. I don't see the potential with Mac Jones. He seems mm. mechanical, limited. Like he's gonna need to go to someone like San Francisco, which is a great system who, with a great coach, the no great gracias. running game. I no mean, gracias. I'm not I'm not wishing that for you, but I'm saying that's a place where he could go and be successful. Right. I don't know wow. that. Like I don't even know if him going to the Patriots. Like I, I no, and I have to give me and Bucky talked about this is I have to give Belichick the the benefit of the doubt that he could right. do that if he's going to take him but I don't know I just I'm not sold on Mac Jones I can see the potential in Trey Lance the issue is where is he going to go right mm-hmm. and so there's been some talks that Atlanta could take him I I don't think that that's a good move for Atlanta mm-hmm. you already have Matt Ryan you're going to have him for mm-hmm. at least this year mostly into the year after because of what you're paying him and if you draft a quarterback at number four fans and the media are going to want to see him sooner than later and you're in a just it's a tough position to be in so that to me it's not like um the chargers where you have tyrod taylor it's like okay you know like it sucks that he got injured but like nobody was thinking he was the future you know or and you weren't paying him so much that it was like a massive loss like matt ryan still a top 15 quarterback in the league and Definitely. you are paying him like the best quarterback in the league. So you got to stick that's with right. him and try yeah. and build things around him for at least two more years. And you can't sit Trey Lance for two years. So I just don't think that that's a good move for Atlanta.
4: Should uh, sit however,
0: for if year, they do trade out of that spot and he goes to say Denver, like that's tough for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good move for Denver to, to go up and make an attempt to get a start a legit starting quarterback, but he's going to have to play right away. Like nobody yep. want to see drew lock. And that's a really tough division. So I think it depends entirely on where he goes. He could end up falling, which could end up being a good thing for him if he if he falls. But there's the one thing about this draft is after really Zach Wilson, after the second pick, we have no idea what's gonna happen. And I don't even know, like the Jets have been just really quiet, not saying anything. I don't even know if the Jets are hundred <laughs> percent taking him like it seems like that's the consensus of where he, where he's going because nobody's talking about it but the isn't saying anything yeah the jets could be just comfortably sitting there like we're taking zach wilson but we don't know so yeah, i jets. i think he's going there um everyone seems pretty confident that that's where he's going but really after that it could be it's it's anybody's game and i'm i'm just i'm really interested to see how it all plays out
3: yeah people myself included are destroying the niners for this mac jones mirage but I mean, it, what if the Jets just are trying to avoid all the smoke, and they're really taking McCorkle? That'd be sweet. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I we don't
0: think to, I don't think they're taking McCorkle.
3: And then we get to choose between Zach Fields and uh, I mean Zach Fields. God, ah, oh, they're all question marks. I don't even know who's who anymore. Joy. So what do you? I mean, to me, Lance to the Broncos doesn't work out. Is where this is going. But what do you think?
0: I mean, I wanted to work out for him, I but I, do too, I just but, think, but the Broncos I think he really, Jackson I think Justin Lynch Fields, is. but it just depends. Like it entirely depends on who, on who the 49ers take, honestly, like they, they determine what's yeah. What's going to be next. Like, I, I think that they should take fields or for even sure. Trey Lance, honestly, because you're, you're going to have garoppolo for another year so and i think your fan base is, is patient enough to let jimmy g run it back another year while trey lance develops so. if you take someone like that so you know i think i think that's the move but i don't know we'll see it's good it's really going to be it's going to be determined by what which direction san francisco goes in if the jets Go with Zach Wilson, which everyone's assuming they are.
3: Yep, and regardless, uh, we're still over a week out, so talk to you about it again in uh, about seven days.
0: We sure will.
3: Hey. <laughs> so Mac is short for McCorkle
4: or something, or that's his it's his middle name.
3: It's his well, it's his middle name, but he's but it I is so he goes by Mac from his middle name McCorkle. Uh, what, gotcha. So
4: what's
0: his real first name?
3: His real first name is Michael. Michael McCorkle Jones.
0: So you're San telling Francisco, me this whole 48. time, I've been joking about Mike Jones, Mike Jones, and his real name is actually Mike Jones? That's
3: a great point. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a, there's only one way to find out, right? We got to call 281-330-8004 <laughs> and see if it's him.
0: What's up, Donnie? What's going on Hikey High Key, Low Key?
4: What's up? All right, High Key, a week after passing Wilt Chamberlain as the Warriors all-time leading scorer, Steph Curry continued his hot streak, becoming the first player over 33 to score 30 or more in 11 straight games. Loki, despite the Warriors battling for playoff contention, is this historic run enough to get Steph his third MVP trophy?
0: No, no, it's not. Uh, he is having an incredible season, but I wouldn't be a hater I just think that, you know, nobody's really playing a lot of defense right now Um, in general, condensed season, um, not so much off time. And now listen, what he's doing is remarkable. Uh, It doesn't take anything away from it, but there's a lot of players that are having incredible offensive explosions this season. I want to kind of see if it comes, you know, a little bit back to the mean next year Mm
1: -hmm. when everything
0: is a bit more normal. He, listen, he should definitely be in the MVP conversation, but to me, the MVP is Chris Paul. Like what, what yeah. he's been able to do everywhere he goes, and now you're seeing it again with the Suns. I, I know people want to give a lot of credit to a lot of other factors there, but to me, it's pretty obvious the the impact that Chris Paul is having with the Suns, who have been mostly a dumpster fire for the past decade. A so long time. if we're really looking into what is the most valuable Chris Paul is the most valuable to me.
4: Yeah. Agreed. I feel like he is embodying the words.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, we talk about it all the time. Like what is the MVP? It changes every year. Like one year it's the best statistical season last year. It was statistics because Giannis had better numbers than he did the year before, and they gave it to him the year before. Mm-hmm. Then it's, you know, uh, Westbrook doing the the triple-double record. Like, it's it's like, it changes every year. What, who is the most valuable player? Who has changed their team? Or is yeah. obviously the factor in what their team's success is on top of their own statistics? Like, I, it needs to be a bigger picture evaluation of what that award is, because right now it's like just the best story or the best stats, and that's not what the
4: award is. Agreed. All right, high key, the race to the playoff heats up as the NBA enters the final month of the regular season. Time flies. Low key, the top spot in the East looks like it's come down to two teams, the Nets and the 76ers. Joy, what are the chances the process finally reaches its completion and Philly finds its way coming out of the East this year? You're shaking your head already.
0: (sighs) I mean, no, I think think they have a good chance. And, And I'm not one to really believe in the Sixers because I've seen this story. Before I've watched this movie. Yep. But I think, you know, a lot can happen in a seven game series. You can have injuries, people can get uh, suspended. Like there's a lot that can go on in a seven game series to change things. And they are pretty good defensively. So yeah. it, now, the one thing is they are not great away from home. So if they keep their, you know, number one overall seed in the East and they're able to hold on to that through the rest of these games. And they play; they have home home court advantage, which really shouldn't matter in a year like this. But if you look at them statistically, they're not as good a, away as they are at home, which most teams aren't. But it's significant for them, yeah. So, and they know that. So I, I mean, I like I like what the Sixers are doing. Um, I just man, the Nets just if they I don't know, man. It's very close for me. It's very close for me. I need to see how the Nets finish the season health wise. I'm nervous about the fact that the Nets haven't played with their big three uh Mm -hmm. together as much as they need to to go into the playoffs and really make a a deep run and win a championship but I really like the defense that Philadelphia has shown and they've really they they look like they've figured it out so I'm I think it's very close I'm still leaning nets only because honestly Kevin Durant (laughs) but but I would not be surprised if Philadelphia came out of the east this year
4: yeah. And you're right that we've seen this before. It's super uh, familiar, but I do think the one big difference is that doc rivers is at the helm. And uh, I think he might be the difference maker for them this year. Get them over yeah, the hump. I,
0: I, totally. Um, I don't, I know it's like, like, duh, like, Oh, I couldn't, I could see the, you know, Sixers coming out of the East. They have the number one overall season. He's like, <laughs> okay, th- we, we've seen many times that that doesn't matter. How many times did the Raptors do that? How many times did the bucks do that? Right, so exactly. I, so it, that doesn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. I, I it, it, they have to take the next step. You're right. Doc Rivers might be that factor, but I think it's going to depend on what the Nets do and not what the Sixers do.
4: Gotcha. All right. Hi, Keith. YouTuber Jake Paul continues to beat up randos and non-boxers as he transitions from whatever he used to do into a career as a professional boxer. Low key, although Paul technically came away with the first round KO, it was Snoop and Pete Davidson who were the actual winners of the night, in my opinion, at least. <laughs>
0: uh snoop is the greatest boxing announcer uh maybe ever <laughs> yeah he just gets it um i also really i i like this like i liked the i liked the paul <laughs> robinson fight everyone thought it was like mad bootleg and i enjoyed it i thought it was <laughs> really entertaining and look man yeah. they sold 1.5 million pay-per-view buys they they made 75 million in pay-per-view that's not a small number that is very significant especially for you know a youtuber who's had three fights in some no-name UFC fighter but like, Crazy. it's a legit fight. I know some mm-hmm. people felt like it was thrown. I don't know what like, what's what's the value of that? You know, that doesn't help anybody. Um, yeah. And he's a legit fighter. Like, I don't, I, I don't believe that. I, I think that's you're getting into some really sketchy territory when you're talking about throwing fights, like people die
4: over that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah.
0: Don't, I don't Watch your word,
4: dude. at minimum lose thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
0: like, that's a big accusation to be throwing out there. Yeah, um, when you think about the amount of money that's on the line for fights. So mm-hmm. I, I like it. I, I think not all sports have to be, you know, polished and perfect and it's entertainment and people seem to be interested in it. I think if he gets a legit fight fight with, you know, a real boxer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, like it could be something he seems to be taking it seriously. And as the sources that I have from people that have trained with him are like, yeah, he's really He's really, like, a legitimately in the gym, learning how to fight, and he's taking this seriously. He's not play boxing, as Snoop would say. <laughs> and, I mean, I, look, I was a huge skeptic, but I'm starting to be a believer.
4: Yeah, it's making so much money. You're right. This might be the future of the sport, just an overall entertainment spectacle. Yeah, I package. mean, I think
0: you're still going to have the big prize fights. You're still going to have big heavyweight stuff, but why can't there also be the XFL? Why can't there also be you know, thriller I fights, like, like I, I, yeah. think, I think it's fine. <laughs> like everything doesn't have to be in this square box, especially in the digital space. Now there's so much more you can do. More sports is cool with me after losing sports last year. I'm like, the, the more, the better, yeah. more content, the better.
4: Never taking it for granted again. Never again. No.
0: All right, hey, T. Uh, normally we do a, a very fun, interesting culture report, but we had big news today in the Derek Chauvin trial. We got the verdict. Um, guilty on all three counts. Um, I know what I was feeling, but what were you, did you watch it live and what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I watched it live and <sighs> I mean, if I'm just being completely honest, like when I heard the words "guilty," I was honestly shocked, and I think it's sad to say that. I mean, I feel like I'm happy with the results because I feel like George Floyd's family was happy. I obviously was able to see like their live reaction, but. For me, I just don't trust the justice system. I mean, this was a big moment for millions of people all over the world. All eyes were on this trial. And with all the outrage that took place last year, obviously finding Derek Chauvin guilty is a no-brainer, but it's like, they, they, like I feel like that they're going to give people what they want to hear. Um, I feel like that's just kind of how it works. Um, obviously you should be held accountable for his actions, but I just would hate for things to calm down. And then we see this continuing to happen. Like officers still aren't being held accountable. I don't want to see Derek released after two years, you know, on good behavior. So it's like, yes, like this is a start, but I feel like that we need to keep like applying pressure to ensure that like police officers understand that they're not above the law.
4: Yeah, you're right. I felt like, uh, Similarly, um, what you just said, like I think I've been watching a lot of the coverage, and a lot of people have been saying that the work isn't done yet, and I think a lot of that ties into my uh, complicated feelings right now. Like I feel like a sense of relief that the like justice was served for once, but at the same time, the whole process has been draining, and it's draining knowing that there's so much more work to be done, and it, it feels like. It doesn't have to be this way, but it, it has been this way, and it's been this way for so long. And today we saw a step in the right direction. There's been, this is a big historic step. It's, uh, it's a sign that things can work out, but it the fact that it took a whole summer of people marching in the streets and uh, during a pandemic putting them, themselves, their bodies and their families at risk uh, to get this verdict, I think is is frustrating. But So it's, it's, I have like a bunch of different mixed up feelings as I'm sure a bunch of people do.
0: Yeah. That's how I felt. It was just like really mixed emotions. Like I was UT. I was really not optimistic. Like a part of me felt like no way can they let him off on anything, but history would tell you that is just pure optimism and not reality. So when they said it, I was definitely relieved, but then also like to your point, Donnie, like a little frustrated because it's like, damn, you had to get so much, so much work had to go into just getting to what was what was obvious in that he murdered him, like. Mm-hmm. And there's still people who, uh, you know, are on out here like he deserved it. And I know, Donnie, you have a, 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 you have a family members who, you know, are police officers and have connections to police officers. I have family members who are police officers. It's, it, it, it's not a concept of like, we don't want police or you know, that we don't understand what the dangers of being a police officer are. The difference is you can choose to be a police officer. You cannot choose to be a black person. Right. That's why when people say blue lives matter, it's like you're choosing this profession. You walked yourself in there and signed up to be a police officer. That doesn't mean that it's not noble. It just means it comes with a certain level of responsibility and that was your choice. I don't want to have a dangerous job. That's why I don't have a dangerous job because I chose not to. But when you are a police officer, you have a responsibility to the public because you you hold life and death on your hip. So you are even held to an even higher standard. That's why we hold teachers to such a high standard because you are you are literally molding our future you have a responsibility to these children that's why we hold doctors to the standard like you are you have life and death in your hands you have to conduct yourself a certain way but the difference is in other professions when someone does something wrong they those professions stand up and say like this is wrong this is not how we are and we right. need to get rid of that person. Police all stand with each other, whether it's right or wrong, which makes the public feel like all police officers are bad, which is not the truth. And that's not even what anyone's asking for. I'm, I am i don't know, I I'm not know i cannot not speak for you guys. I'm not talking about abolishing the police. I just think that the police need to be held to a higher standard. They need to be held accountable by people who are not police so that there's actual justice served when they step out of line and they cannot have ultimate power. Police are not supposed to be judge, jury, executioner. That's what we have a justice system for. That's what everyone has a right to a day in court. You can't decide because somebody is out here with a weapon. By the way, you don't wanna hear anything about, about gun reform. So uh, last I checked, it wasn't, if you're white, you can own a gun. <laughs> like you don't wanna hear anything about gun reform, but as soon as right. somebody has a gun, all of a sudden they're a criminal. Like. You aren't the one who decides who someone is guilty or not. That's the justice system for that. It's your job actually, your highest level of responsibility to bring people in when you feel when they look like they're committing a crime or are committing a crime so that they can have their day in court and so that the truth is found out and they're held accountable. When you kill somebody before they get their day in court, not only are you serving no justice to whoever you believe is being wronged because they don't know and the and the public no longer cares but you are robbing them of their rights as an American. So to me, I just feel like there's this massive change that needs to happen. And it it starts with this, removing the romanticism behind uh, around the police and the militarization of the police. If you join the military, you go through so much to become a part of the military. Like you don't just walk in there and they send you off to war in two weeks. Like that's not how it goes. You are trained, you go through basic training, you go through so much training. It is a real thing. It, there's, that's not required of the police and therefore they should not be held to that kind of standard. Like it's not about disrespect. I keep saying like, oh, you need to respect the police. like. No, (laughs) it's not my job to respect the police any more than it's the police job to respect me. Like you respect each other as human beings. They're not God. They're not judge, jury, and executioner. I don't need to convince the police that I'm guilty or not. I have to convince a jury if I'm guilty or not. That is, that's how it's supposed to work. But I'm supposed to live to get to that point. We're supposed to live to get to that point. So the one thing I guess, T, that I have some very guarded optimism about this, these verdicts is that other police will see and think and remember in these moments, like, let me dial it back because there there can be a consequence to me taking this person's life.
1: I mean, I, I had that, I mean, I that same hope, but I feel like that we've, even after Georgetown with things getting as big as, you know, as they were, you still see it continuing to happen. I mean, even with like with Kim, like, I mean, it's just, it, it sucks. It really does. And it's, I am I think I'm gonna get, I think I'll feel better and I can say, oh my gosh, like justice is served. And I started to see it happen over over time and it actually sticks because I'm telling you like there's been so many times where people are convicted and they, they get off, like they get off early or- Well,
0: I mean, that's the system. Like, right. I think if people get caught up in like when he gets out and all that, like we know, like that's probably gonna happen. Like that's that's how the system is designed. People get out for good behavior. They're, if, you know, he's not gonna get life in prison, that's not what the charges warrant. Like, you know, that, that's it's like t- 12 or 10 or 12 years if they, you know, give the full count for all of them. So like, it's not like he's gonna serve the rest of his life in prison and people need to understand that that's not what the verdict, that's not what that meant today. What What that meant today was he's guilty, he did murder him he did abuse his power and take someone's life who deserved their day in court and he chose to render him guilty himself and take his life which is not the which is not how it works <laughs> like yeah. if you're even if you're a criminal committing a crime you still have a rights to your day in court that does not mean when the police show up they can kill you and right. that mentality is what is encouraged and is what is validated by people who try to defend to become these defenders of the police. Like, well, he he was a career criminal, or I don't care, I don't care. You have people shooting up old people in ch- churches. You have mass shootings all over the country all the time, and you manage to take them in with with, with you know little bubbles and take them in and find out what happened to them because they had a bad day. It doesn't matter if you're a criminal or not. Yeah. That's what we have a justice system for. That's, that's what separates us as a, as a country from other countries, right? Is that we have rights, is that we have a system, is that we have checks and balances. When you encourage the police To disregard those and make up their own rules, we're no longer functioning in democratic society.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. To to your, to your, you're absolutely right. I think to your point, as you were saying, that that's what today means. It's like, like the fact that he is being held accountable. That they 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 found him guilty on second degree murder, third degree murder, and manslaughter. It's like okay, like now he's been made an example out of. So like, yes, going forward, I feel like that people will think twice and they'll remember this moment. Um, you know, this is history. So, I'm I'm again happy with the with the verdict obviously, but still feeling a little about it. But um, I do really, really hope that, you know, we start to see some, some change for sure.
0: Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on our social media channels at maybe I'm crazy pod by self at joy. Taylor talks, and you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart media app and Apple podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week.
1: Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not.